I'm playing cricket with these guys, okay? They're like, oh, you are very good, Julian. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. And I went, ah, you know. And I literally did that and like did the hand motion, ah, you know. And the guy goes, <gasps> Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, he, he liked He'd it? He'd never seen that and thought that that was like... <laughs> he thought that was sick, dude. He was like, oh, that was sick. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. All right, lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. Folks, welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis, joined by Julio Gallarotti. Let's go, baby. Who is due for a recap of his recent <laughs> insane adventure to a little country called Afghanistan. What an adventure, dude. You guys might be familiar with Afghanistan from the war that we had with them <laughs> for the better part of two decades. Yeah, um, totally. And Julio decided, hey, I'm going to go over there and see what's up. <laughs> G, your thoughts. I mean, dude, wow. What a what an adventure. What a trip. Um and it's, you know, I always love when I do something like that, you can only plan it so much. And then as things arise, you sort of have to be able to let the wind take you, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think trying to plan a trip to Afghanistan is like trying to plan a trip to the sun. <laughs> it's like, well, we're just not, we don't know what it's like up there. So, uh, funny. you know, um, we're going to take it as it comes. Totally. I mean, dude, I'm slowly but surely running out of places where like when you arrive there and you touch down on the ground, you're like, whoa, I'm in Afghanistan. Yeah. Like I'm sort I'm starting to run out. Of, and then, then once you go, like I no longer have that feeling about Afghanistan. You know what I mean? It's just like a tangible, real thing now to me because I went there. Yeah. Um, I know that feeling. I know what yeah. you mean. Yeah. It's a, it's a fun feeling. You I'm sure you had it in Rwanda. I had it there. I remember when I went I to Australia and we landed, yeah. I was like, oh my God, I'm so far away. Yeah. Alaska is another one. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, you, yeah, I, I'm wondering where to start. Like what the most interesting thing, I don't know if you why have any you questions. tell us why you chose to go there? Interesting. Okay. Well, as you all know, I've been doing videos uh, and kind of, I guess, most notably places that sort of have a rough exterior and trying to kind of uncover a softer side of them. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, that's sort of been a thing that I'm interested in and for a variety of reasons, but yeah, Afghanistan, no different. I, I figure that's the other thing too. It's like a place where the place itself is just so untraveled in that capacity where like you don't have to do much for there to be compelling content. Mm. I like that. It's harder to go somewhere where a bunch of people you know have been yeah. and make a good video with a good angle and like, you know what I mean? Right. So I think that was sort of what led me to do it. I've realized now that I've actually been to Afghanistan and Iraq in the same year, which is like, <laughs> and not in the same calendar year, but like I went to uh, Iraq in last November. Damn. Unbelievable. Which is, I actually didn't realize I had done that uh, until I got back and I was like, oh man, I'm really uh, lied to the parents again. Had to do it. Uh, <laughs> had to do it. And I actually did it. So I sort of like soft lied, which I shouldn't have done. I should have hard lied. And by soft lied, I mean I just said I was going to a neighboring country, which also made them stressed. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to Pakistan. They're like, what? Why? 
And I was like, fuck, okay, I should have just said something else. And then I was like, all right, I'm not, they're like, please don't go to Pakistan. I was like, okay, I won't. Oh, and then you felt like you hadn't lied? Well, no, but then I, no, I didn't feel like I hadn't you didn't lied. go to Pakistan? Right, exactly. I was like, okay, I'm going to go somewhere else. And I was like, guys, let's just like not have this conversation until I get back <laughs> this time, okay? How do you feel when, for, from that side of it? Is there, is there guilt for you when you have to tell your parents and not tell them and then... Leave them um, in the dark, kind of? A little bit, but also no, because it's my life, dude. Like, I want to do this stuff. And, like, I do, I, I'm not reckless. Like, I do, you know, a, a fair amount of research. Um, granted, obviously, there's still risks associated with these things, but I still always think that the risks are fairly low when I t- take something like this on. Yeah. Let's, uh, listeners in home and myself, we're going to, we're going to take a little mental snapshot of what he just said, <laughs> and we're going to circle back later in the podcast on that very thought. Yeah. Because that was that was the key thought, I thought, for me, where I was like, I know that I could never tell you, dude, don't go. As your friend, I'd really prefer if you don't go. I would never mm-hmm. say that to you. Yeah. But this trip concerned me deeply. Fair. Um, I was very concerned. And as Ricky Ricky Velez said, he's like, dude, the second you told me that you were going to Afghanistan, my main objective began what became preventing you from going to Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nothing fair, like, fair. you know, I mean, it makes you realize who your friends are yeah, when you tell sure. them, hey, guys, I'm going to a really unsafe place. For sure. I appreciate the concern. I, I have good friendships, obviously, with you, with other people. The girlfriend is obviously a difficult one to overcome. Yeah. And what I typically do is I begin to groom her <laughs> yeah. early on. So uh-huh. she'll come home and I'll be watching this like lovely video about Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, hey, good to see you. Oh, yeah. What are you? Oh, I'm just watching a thing about Afghanistan. Man, yeah. it's so beautiful. And diverse. Apparently, it's a lot safer than most people <laughs> think. Did you, did you know that? Right. So I'll do that. Then I'll be saying I'm considering going somewhere. And then in fact, what actually happened this time, I chose not to go somewhere because it felt too intense. And I told her that, which shows her that I perhaps would not undertake a trip that was too dangerous to do. What was the place that you told her you weren't going to go? So I have a friend who's actually a listener of the podcast, um, is Somalian. Spends time there, and I think splits it in Turkey, Somalia. And she was helping me plan potentially a trip to go to Mogadishu in Somalia. So Ugh. it ended up turning out that I needed sort of like basically a small military with me at all times if I wanted to go. And to me, that doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Both from it's expensive. It's very expensive. But also, like, that's not that fun, dude. Like, that seems intense like i'm not a diplomat i don't need to be going although i was kind of like it would be funny to like be at the beach with an army with a small <laughs> army standing by yeah, me uh-huh. it's a fun image yeah um yeah there's there's two minutes of content <laughs> right yeah exactly that would be worth the trip right i think you need 15 more ideas of that caliber before you're like ah maybe totally. i should go to fucking somalia totally and she was like you know you can sort of my recommendation is hiring them for half the day and then the second half of the day you can kind of bring people to the hotel and i was kind of like it might be a little too expensive um not we're not going to do it this yeah. time so i told her that then i sent her a trip report of this woman who solo traveled in afghanistan she she had a guide so solo travel means doing it without a guide but like as far as i'm concerned she went alone woman 
she had this very detailed trip report about how it was like all good, showed Hillary. I was like, take a read of that when you have a sec. And then a week later, I propose my objective. Surely, by that point, she must have known that you were thinking of going to Afghanistan. She did. It was a sore subject. And we sort of chose not to talk about it much. Interesting. Even leading up to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's a little bit of jitters before the trip and all that stuff. But what, was there ever a moment? And I don't mean to pry too much into no, your relationship. Please, pry, pry, was, was there ever a moment where she like really tried to dissuade you? And you said like, I, I you know, was there ever a, a really tough moment? Um, no. Like she definitely was like, I just want you to know. She's like, I support you, but I don't support this. She's like, you know, why she's like, I'm at like, I forget specifically what she said, but it was like very fair. Mm. Um, and I mm. was like, that's all good. Totally. She's like, she's like, you can go and I'll support you, but that doesn't mean I have to think it's a good idea or that I like it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fair. Uh, and is gentler than I would have thought. She's pretty gentle. I believe it. She, she, she really is. She kind of, yeah, she's gentle. Hmm. <laughs> so okay i i'm foreseeing a few questions from people and i can answer them so question number one were there ever moments where you were afraid in afghanistan there were two moments that i was afraid that that was this is the question i wanted to say would be the answer to the snapshot from earlier right dude Holding it right here, baby. The Gobi. The Gobi. The best. The calm, bro. I've been ripping these, man. Yeah. There shouldn't be any doubt. Look at this. Empty. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Already finished it. We drank them. Couldn't help myself. Couldn't help it. It was too delicious. I have two cases at home, and I drink them all the time for every occasion. It will calm me down. It is absolutely delicious. Tart cherry, elderberry, chamomile. The taste is incredible. It's really got good. that nice chamomile in there, too, to give you just that nice edge off, heading towards maybe maybe bed. Or if you've had a tough moment in your day, you want to kind of... It's not so much as to make you drowsy, but it definitely... Nice. It, it gives you a little bit of uh, peace. You know what it reminds me of? A cartoon bear in pajamas. Oh. And you know how all cartoon bears in pajamas have a little hat? Yes. They have a li- little night hat on. Yes, they do. And they're they're about to drink some chamomile before going to bed, and you can see the fumes going into their nose, and they're smelling them and enjoying it. That's what I picture. Ah, those, on a little, snowy eve. those little bears. Yeah, Christmas warm yourself eve. up with some uh, some hangobi call. Yeah, that's it, guys. <laughs> uh, hangobi is delicious. There's three different flavors. There's the calm the essential and the wake, uh, whatever you want to They're all achieve, they have it for you. So uh, go to hangobi.com, use promo code oops, I'm hung, and that will give you 30% off. Of a case, yeah, a or case. whatever you order. Um, and yeah, hangobi now is in over 100 stores. The column has launched. If you see one in a store, Go up to the clerk and tell him you like it. That sort of grassroots promotion actually does work in long term to help promote the beverage. Hang Obi, go get some. So we can start here. This is the okay. thing I've wanted to know. Okay. Is it, so, so I'm sorry. If you have questions. No. I, well, I'm going to have dozens, but I yeah, figured yeah. this, I want to hear about the whole trip. I want to hear about how you got there. Totally. Okay. But, Easy. But if you want to start, do you want to start with the danger? Yeah. Let's, let's get into let's it. Let's get into the let's danger. Get into the danger so dude we went probably three or four nights starting Kabul then we go to this area called where the you you is you and your cameraman right me cameraman tour guide 
and the driver. Uh-huh. Actually, yeah, wasn't with us in Kabul. It doesn't matter. So Kabul, pretty intense, like a lot going on, just like sort of like a city. It's, I guess it's kind of like what you would expect. Intense, polluted, lot going on. It's not, you know, Iraq has, and there might be areas of it that I didn't see that are a little more like upscale. I didn't really see any of them. Mm. It's a pretty modest place, very traditional. We talk about all that. So anyway, we have this really long drive from Bamiyan, where there's these famous like Buddhas that ended up getting destroyed in the war. Um, apparently there's another one buried underground, but they were the biggest Buddhas on earth. Uh, mm. Really cool, whatever. And nice area that is known for being more laid back. You know what I mean? Like people aren't all covered up and it's fine type of thing. Um, so we had a drive from there to Mazari Sharif, which is in the northern part of the country. Now on this drive, um, so this is another interesting thing. Back, until like this year, you couldn't drive around Afghanistan because the Taliban had checkpoints everywhere in the country and they were not the government. So if you were driving and they stopped you, it could really be a problem for you. They might not kill you, but like you get yourself into a dicey situation. So nobody drove. So this is like a new new but, thing. But but now they are the government. Exactly. So it's better, yes, you're saying? Because the country is now, quote, secured <laughs> from from the perspective of a traveler. Granted, there that comes with its own handful of problems for people who live there, whatever. However, Yes, as a tra- as a tourist, you can now travel around, and theoretically, it's fine. So, is it like before, if you had done it, to run into a Taliban checkpoint would have been like running into a group of bandits? Exactly. And, and as a, as a foreigner, to, that would be a problem because and, they can take you and then use you as some kind of bargaining chip or yeah. whatever they're going to do to you. And yeah. dude, we would hear stories throughout the day about shit that's happened in the past twenty years from our guides that they would just casually tell us, where we'd be like. Jesus like we drove through one of the most fought in areas of the past 20 years and there's just like the road there's divots in the road like every 10 minutes where mines exploded mm-hmm. um, so this drive from Mazari Sharif takes 12 hours oh my god and they're like we need to leave early <laughs> because it's bad to drive at night still so which I didn't really fully understand uh, and, I, and I'll tell you dude if somebody told that to me and it wasn't in reference to like bats or a snow weather problem. <laughs> I don't think I'm leaving the hotel. I know. I feel you. I feel you. It's bad to drive at night. So I so, so listen. So we it was for a few days. It's fun and games. The Taliban stop us at checkpoints. They find out we're visitors. They, if that excites them, they start writing their names on our our, our their names on our hands. And welcoming us and being like and being proud that the country's so secure that they now have visitors. This is at checkpoints. Yeah. Were they very curious about you? Uh, so this is another interesting thing. Afghanistan's so diverse. You throw on the local clothes, you would look like a local. I'm not even joking. So, unlike, like if you're wearing the normal shit, like you look like you're from there. Everybody looks like they're from there. And don't everybody wears all, traditional clothing. Don't they all have beards? No. And you don't have to. Huh. They encourage it, but you don't have to. As, as a man, you can do whatever. Well, because there have to be men that can't grow beards. There that are. just have that scruffy pubic look. Totally. And there are men who don't. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so, okay. So, you know, a few days of that, you see Taliban guys walking down the street holding hands, bro. Like fucking giant machine guns around their back holding hands. The Taliban are everywhere. Why are they holding hands? I don't know. And it's like sort of like prancing around holding hands. I'm not even joking. You're just like, Jesus. Then I like play cricket with these guys in a park. And the guys, me come meet my cousin. He's a Taliban. The Taliban guy's like, hey, what's up? Like, it's all good. You know what I mean? 
But still, each encounter is different. And because of that, and, and sometimes you're greeted with suspicion initially, but never did it get to a point where it was like weird or concerning or anything. So all good. So we're going on this long drive. We were supposed to leave early, but the day before, our tour guide's uncle smoked us out. Like we got super baked with this guy, which is just funny, chilling with the stoner uncle and smoking <laughs> a bunch of hashish and just getting baked out of our minds. And he's like, come over tomorrow. I'm going to make you a special meal. And we're like, okay. So we go over there in the morning and this special meal is a fucking special meal. Listen to this. Okay. So you take chicken. Okay. Now first you, you make a mountain of stones and you cook them to be really, really hot for like a couple of hours. Meanwhile, you take pieces of chicken and sew them into these packets into these like silk, not silk, like cloth packets. You have a bunch of them. Once the thing is heated up long enough, you stop the fire, you put the chicken in the mound of stones and then you destroy the stones and it, the chicken cooks inside the hot stones. Hmm. But it takes like a long time. Yeah. So he's making this meal for us. It was delicious. But we end up getting a late start because of it. Yeah. So now we're hitting the road at like 10 a.m. Oh. And I'm like, all right, maybe 12 hours isn't 12 hours. They said they didn't want us to drive at night. So obviously we're not going to drive at night. So it's all good. So this drive, dude, is just treacherous as fuck. So first of all, there's this deal that the Taliban made with the Pakistani government where they're selling them coal for like way cheaper than normal. So, dude, the, this one road is the only way to go from Peshawar to wherever the coal mine place is. So this road is just littered with these giant diesel trucks that would never pass emissions. And they have these jingles on them. So they jingle. Jing, jing, ding, ding, ding. And it's like this hellish. And they're like all gold and silly looking. They're silly. (laughs) 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 They have all these paintings on them. They're the silliest looking trucks you've ever seen. So you're climbing this mountain now on a really bad road. No air conditioning in the car. If you open the windows, you get dust in the car. At the end of the day, your fucking nostrils have dirt in them. And when you close the windows, you're baking. So, like, it's not a comfortable trip. You're bouncing around. You're bouncing around. (laughs) Then, at one point, you have to go through this six-mile-long tunnel through a mountain with no air ventilation. And and there's lights on the ceiling, thank God, but it's not paved. And we got stuck in a traffic jam in that six-mile. Oh, my God. And, dude, (laughs) truck, 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 truck. Only trucks surrounding us everywhere. And we were in that tunnel for, like, 25 minutes. I was scared. When we got out of the tunnel, bro, there was people on the side of the road. There was a woman hyperventilating, crying on the side. It's just like hellish. Like, yeah, that's hell. So we get out of that. We're like, Jesus, dude, fuck. All right. So we made it through that. We're, we're feeling good about ourselves. All good. We start getting closer and closer to the destination. It starts to get dark. Now, usually at the checkpoint, they look in the car, whatever, they let you go. At nighttime, they start asking you more questions. And that's where you, where you find yourself. Why? Because they're suspicious of people or they're, they're judging you for being out past curfew or something like that? So there that? is no curfew, but the, I think it's a combination of things. These guys, bro, have only known war. Like a lot of them, they're young and like they've been in the mountains for 20 years. Like what happened apparently when they took over, like none of them knew how to drive cars apparently. So like they now just have all these cars and they were just crashing because they didn't know how to drive them. Mm. They'd only driven motorcycles. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I think part of it is just like these guys are soldiers. They're like, you know, very effective insurgents. Nobody has ever been able to really defeat them. Right. So, you know, they're these effective soldiers. And then there's different areas. Like there's a there's an insurgency in the Panjshir Valley uh, where they're fighting some other like Tajik rebels, whatever. So when we drive through an area like that, they'd be like, all right, switch. So they make the cameraman, Zach, go in the back, go in the front, whatever. So it starts to get dark for whatever reason. 
again, I can't fully explain it. They just start asking more questions. Where are you guys going? What are you guys doing? They can't see as well, so they're looking in the car. And then eventually, as they're a, asking your guide, they don't speak English. No, no, no. Yeah, they're asking your guide, and he's explaining. Yeah, rare to encounter English speakers in general. Yeah, um, yeah, the guide is speaking, and eventually. They ask, like, what's up with these guys? And then they find out that we're foreigners. And then it becomes this whole conversation. So usually all that ends up happening, at worst in that situation, they make you get out of the car and they take pictures of you because they're excited for themselves. You ask them to get in the picture, they won't do it because it's like a sin to be in a picture or something. They're not oh. supposed to take pictures. It's, yeah, whatever. So, and the made a good point. He's like, bro, nowhere in the Quran does it talk about taking pictures with cell phones like mm. i don't understand how they've decided that this is applicable he's like whatever like anyway so that's usually what happens or they'll you'll be at a restaurant eating dinner and you literally like a kfc knockoff a taliban commander walks in you're sitting next to him he hears you speaking english and then that's fair game for him to start asking you questions so he's like what are you guys doing and then by the end of that he's like and, and, and not friendly questions not at first they just want to make sure you're not a soldier. And then very quickly it turns into you have nothing to worry about here. If you need need anything, come come become a Muslim. Come on. Yeah. And you have to be like, no, no, I would. So they try to get you to convert to Islam right there. Pretty much. So like, come with us. Come become a Muslim. It'll be great. We'll, we'll all have a great time. And I'm, <laughs> <laughs> And then, dude, you literally have to be like, I would, but I got to be. I got to be somewhere. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh. <laughs> And they accept that. They go, okay, no problem. If you change, if you want it tomorrow or something, come find us or whatever. Uh-huh. So everybody, that's like an Afghan uh, like hospitality thing. Like you get invited over for dinner ten times a day around the country. How, how how long does it take to become a Muslim? So apparently, you just have to read this Kalima thing or something. I, I'm I forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. Any Muslims who are like offended that I don't know the specifics, but like you read something. And then when you do that, they're super psyched that you've just done that. Dude, I love the idea that there's a Taliban commander listening to Oops! The Podcast <laughs> in a cave and being like, what? He didn't have anywhere to go? <laughs> that fucker. He did have the time? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah you could be like oh we gotta like making really bad excuses and they're like okay yeah okay so the one time where it was a little scary this is what happened we get stopped at a checkpoint back on this journey back, back up on the journey the we're probably yeah. two hours away from arriving we're fucking exhausted what a long day we're finally on paved roads we're like oh my god thank god so we uh and they're like what's up find out we're american make us get out of the car get out of the car come have dinner with us right now okay now we're sitting on the side of the road eating beans and bread with the Taliban. They're like, sorry, we only have beans and bread, dude. This is just what we have today. I'm like, oh, all good. Like, no problem. Then they start. Were call- you hungry? No, dude. But you were eating because you had to. I didn't want to be rude. And like, now these are your new friends who get to set the tone. So yep. if you start acting out, you're just afraid of what's going to happen to you. Yep. Because you don't know the rules. And that's the thing about Afghanistan that's interesting. Even though there are rules, the practical application of the rules are extremely unclear. Mm. So you sort of are like, what can I do? What can't I do? And you don't really have rights. You know what I mean? The Taliban right. are figuring out how to be a government. They can do whatever the fuck they want. So we're sitting there eating. They start asking us questions. They're like, so what do you think about the Taliban? And you have to fucking lie because you want to maintain this nice, jovial. Yeah. So you're like, the Taliban's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're like, what do Americans think about the Taliban? And you have to be like, they think they think they're uh, they're excited that they're the government. You, you know, and they're like, oh wow, wow. 
It's, you know, and uh-huh. you're just hoping that they're like, all right, see you later, because that's usually what happens. But they're like, oh, man, the commander would love to meet you. Um. One sec. And I'm like, oh, God. So <laughs> <laughs> tell them what you told us about that, about how they like you. Yeah. Yeah. And so to clarify, the Taliban, too, are diverse looking, but some of them just look exactly what your nightmare Taliban guy looks like. Yeah. But they're being nice. So whatever. All good. Um, you know, we just are visiting. We're not making any sort of political statement. I just want to visit the country and go home. I don't want to fucking, you know, so I'm just trying. I don't, I have no problems saying I like the Taliban. Are you, are you using I, your not. guide as a translator? So they're asking him to ask you this. Correct. He asks Correct. you, you respond to him, then he sends it back. 99% of the time yeah, right. until later in the story. Oh. So, so uh, at this point, <laughs> the problem that sucks about this point, the guide was able to be like, another thing, when the Taliban usually stop you, they try to get you to give one of their guys a ride to the next town. Oh. Which is weird. You're like, we're, the government doesn't have their own, you know what I mean? They yeah. do. So they're like, give them a ride. And, we, and then the guide is like, no, no, sorry, we've been hired to take these guests. And since we don't know you, we can't take you. And they go, okay. I'm like, that worked. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> so many- every time, dude, it happened five times a day. <laughs> And every time I was like, dude, what did you say to him? And he tells me, I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's fucked. They're, they're like very willing to accept flimsy reasons yeah. for why their demands cannot be met. Yeah, exactly. Well said. Well said. It's so odd. So odd. So anyway, now, so now when the guide is like, I'm like, do we have to go? And he goes, yeah. Hearing that, I'm sort of like, okay, he's not. This was go have dinner with the commander? Yes. So we're on the side of the road having dinner. No big deal. But we now have to travel to go to this commander. Oh. And it's in the wrong direction. We don't, we don't want to do this. Your but guide said we have to like, do it. He's we sh- like, we, we should do that. We have to. And I'm like, oh, God. That's not, I don't like it feeling like the guide is not, you know, has no choice. Either. So if this is a moment now, yeah, where I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to think about how I'm reacting, how I'm feeling if I'm in your shoes. Yeah. I'm spooked. I'm yeah. very spooked. And then he goes, well, this happened to us before we had another foreigner and this happened to us at this exact checkpoint. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I'm like, and I kind of learned later that like that wouldn't have happened if we had been daytime. And I'm sort of like, mm. okay, like I know that you wanted us to like have this nice meal, but like, and maybe this just isn't that scary to you or something. But, like, to us, this is, like, scary. Like, I think he, he's still figuring out. Was your driver the guy that cooked you that rock? No. Shattered rock thing? Uncle Dave was the guy who cooked us that And he's rock. not in the car? Uncle Dave is back. And I see. All right. So, but uncle, he's the uncle of the guide. So, oh. um, so now they send a Taliban guy with us with a machine gun. They all have machine guns. And like big ass, like AK style. Some of them are like Kalashnikov I I don't know the nuances of guns. So now this guy's in the car with us. He's chopping it up with the the guide. And the guide is being nice, but you can kind of tell he like doesn't want to deal with this shit, but he is. The guy's talking on speaker going, ah, it's like almost like a a caricature of like some brutish, but being very nice. We now get, (laughs) we pull up to this big house. Okay. Uh We get out of the car. They start searching us. Pretty thoroughly patting us down, getting close to the old Junker Reno, Mm -hmm. but still patting, patting, all good. We walk into the house, and here's this Taliban commander with his deputy sitting on the floor, a bunch of guys surrounding them. And, dude, there's, like, so many guns in this room. 
including the gun where like you need two hands to hold it like Val Kilmer heat oh gun oh my god like dude. Gatling gun bro artillery in this fucking house yo this is good story <laughs> this is great we're in a really good story right now dude crazy so I'm like oh god dude so we sit down and I'm keeping it real and it's funny one of my friends de- <laughs> dude one of my friends' dads. Is that a Gatling gun you got? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice gun, dude. Yeah. One of my friends' dads, who's like Middle Eastern, the day before we're texting, he's like, remember, he's like, when you meet your adversary, he's like, stick your chest out, but like be gentle and like look him in the eye, but da 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 or something. And I'm, all of a sudden, these like ancient Middle Eastern words are like ringing through my head. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to like, you know, fucking be confident. So everything, we're joking, we're joking, ha ha ha. We change rooms, we start drinking tea. The deputy guy is speaks perfect English, asking me how his English is. This is the, the top dude? No, the deputy is the second to the commander. He's not the guy that was in the car with you. No, that guy was just like a, a minion, small time guy. So this is second in, t- in command. We're with the big the big dogs now. How big was this house? Big, like like. Was uh, it wealthy? You could tell that it was like a wealthy house. Probably, probably some like rich, not rich guy, but a guy who just had like a couple wives and a bunch, shit ton of kids and all that shit. Probably lived in this house back in the day. Yeah. And they just turned it into their police station or whatever. Okay. Qu- qu- quotes. Uh, so, and the reason I say quotes is because I'm like, okay, like. What's the deal here? Like, what are we friends? Are we arrested? Like, I don't really get it. So, but whatever, all good. No reason to panic until we have to panic. So we switch rooms. He's saying the Taliban, he's bragging. I'm like, okay, The deputy. No, the deputy is translating what the main guy's saying. Oh, oh. Great, great, great. We talk. Then we're about to leave. He's like, all right, we'll see. He goes, you guys are coming over for lunch tomorrow when you, when you head back in two days, we're going to have lunch. I'm going to prepare this for you. And I'm like, God damn it. Um, I'm like, yeah, great. We'll be back. Were you planning to come back that way? Yeah. It's the only way back. Oh. So now as we're in the foyer, the ma- the guy who searched us, and there's a lot of this going on where the deputy's so nice and the main guy's so nice, but there's still these guys who are being hostile. Uh-huh. It almost feels like by design. They bring our luggage in, throw it on the ground, and they're like, I'm like, what? They're like, we're going to search you and we're all going to stand here and look through all of your stuff. So I'm like all through all of my stuff. They're like, yep. So now I'm like reaching in my bag. I'm like, this is an iPad. They're like, okay. I had money in the iPad in the cover, but I didn't open it. But I had money everywhere because I, just in case something like this happened. Wow. So I know. So they don't open the iPad. Great. There's like, and you, are, I brought a lot of cash with me. Which American? Also, yeah. You need crisp hundreds. They, they uh, exchange the best and you can't, and there is Western Union, but it was like too much of a bitch. The guy's like, bring cash with you. So I had like a fuck ton of cash. How much did you bring? Like $10,000. Holy shit. Yeah. So a lot of it though, like they bought, my guide bought my flights for him. So there's that money for him. Then paying for the guide, there's that money. I had money for like charity, which is a whole different thing. And then, uh, I think back up and that's everything. Yeah. yeah. So so I'm I'm forgetting things maybe, but yeah. So like $10,000. So the guide now has some of it too though, Uh but he still has it with him. So they're searching, they're searching. They don't find anything interesting. I'm, I have microphones and shit. I'm kind of worried that they're going to think I'm like, but they didn't even know what the fuck they were. They're like, okay, whatever. Do you think that if they'd found the money, they would have kept it? So the story isn't over. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> Sorry. Not trying to, no, no, not trying to bury the lead you're here. You're good. So it's, yeah. dude, it's, this is a crazy story. So we get to the driveway. They haven't, uh, they, they, and they are like, all right, oh, we're going over. Now we're like standing in the dark. Which makes the tone shift a bit somehow. <laughs> oh, you're coming over tomorrow for lunch. Great. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Ha ha. Um, and then the guy's still looking through the car. He goes, oh, I found something else. And they're like, oh, okay. 
They pull out my backpack now. We start searching my backpack thoroughly. They find my medicine. I have like all my travel meds. He starts asking what they are. He finds a thing of mini Tums. He goes, what are these? And I kind of, I kind of gesture indigestion. I do a hand motion flipping up and he goes, oh, he goes, can I have some? I'm like, sure, dude. Now I'm just giving this guy Tums, bro. I'm giving the fucking Taliban commander Tums. He he goes, oh, these are good. I'm like, yeah, they are. Then as we're about to put the bag back in the car, I have a like secret compartment in the backpack that had another envelope of cash where it's just peeking its little head out. Oh no. And they go, oh, look, money. And he goes, ah, takes the money out. He goes, film this. So they film it. He takes the money out, counts it, all hundreds, count, boom, boom, counts it. And then he goes, ha he goes, I filmed it because I wanted them to know that I, so that no one can say that I took it from you. And I go, okay, good. Puts it back. And then he goes, all right, well, you guys can go. But first of all, what if you, it would be nice if you could make a little donation. I'm like, oh God, here we go. And the deputy wouldn't ask me. He was too ashamed. So he asked the guy to ask, he goes, can you ask him? He goes, I'm ashamed. He goes, okay. He goes, they want a donation, a bribe, effectively. And I'm like, how much do they want? And I'm like panicking. I'm like, fuck, they're going to take all my money. Like, this sucks. And they're like, a hundred bucks. I was like, oh, what? (laughs) 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 How much did you have in that envelope alone? Like, $4,000. $4,000. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> wow. Dude, I was like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah. dude, sure. A hundred, yes, absolutely, immediately. <laughs> give the guy 100 bucks. He goes, no, 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 no. Don't give it to me. Give it to that guy. And I go, okay, that's weird. Give it to that guy. And then everybody got all weird and shy and shit, dude. And they started looking at the ground. And I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, all right, we'll see you in, uh, in two days for, for lunch. And I was like, all right, see you later. And I was like, dude, what the fuck was that? And he goes, he made you give it to the other guy because if he accepted, he's sinning. And they were all embarrassed. Because they were anyone who accepts it is sinning. I guess, yes, technically, unless somehow they're like all these weird loopholes, dude. So Uh then, and he's like, they were all really embarrassed. He's like, so when we come back this way, if we do have to get lunch with them, they will not ask you for money again. And if you wanted to say no to that, they wouldn't have taken it from you. And I was like, what? He's like, but I didn't tell you this before, but the last time this happened, they held our guy for like 18 hours. And like even and he ended up being fine. And the, the, the commander above him got there and he goes, look, I captured a foreigner. And the guy goes, you idiot. What do you mean you captured a foreigner? Like slaps him on the side and let him go. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like he thought he had done something good. So that is the concerning thing. The idea that like the message of what to do is sort of unclear even to these guys. So you don't know what you're going to encounter. And now like my service wasn't really working that well. So now I can't even text Hillary to tell her what happened to me. And for 18 hours, I'm arrested by the Taliban. Like that's outcome to me is just terrifying. I don't want to put my family at home. Guess we told you so. I don't want that to happen at all. So I'm like, God, I fucking hope that we don't have to come back here for lunch. We leave early in the morning. We get past that checkpoint. Nobody's there. We're good. Never have to see those guys again. And never do we get in a prick, more prickly situation than that. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> it's a crazy fucking story, though. That's right? an incredible story. I don't know. Crazy, dude. I'm so glad I haven't heard it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Because I've hung out with you a bunch. I know. <laughs> it's been a while since you got back, mm-hmm. and you've saved that. I saved that for you. And I've I haven't taken a breath in the last ten minutes. That's a good one. <laughs> I know. That was uh, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Wow. Yeah. So crazy too that like he was so confident that if I had said no, we can't make a donation, even though they saw all the money. Now, granted, I want everybody to know, I did not make a fucking donation. That's a term. I am not sponsoring the <laughs> Taliban at all. Quite the contrary. I do not support the this Taliban. This from the guy who was like, yeah, I think the Taliban's great that they're ruling, you know, <laughs> fucking traitor. All in all, they were nice, but, you you know, we know too much about what they're doing, what they're up to, to be like that they're cool. You know, I just can't yeah. say that in good faith. Dude, I don't know if you're seeing my fucking sick ass outfit right now. Dude, you're looking real good, boy. I'm looking really good. I am wearing the matching pant and hoodie rule of threads combo. Damn. I'm looking good. It is form fitting so much so that I just walked by the yak and they called me in to tell me how nice of an ass that I have. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God, dude. That's where we're at. Yeah, you look like you're ready to go kill Putin. That's what I thought when I saw you. Special Ops. This is one of the toughest outfits I've ever worn. Yep. They have different colors. You got to get yourself some real threads. The most comfortable, the most versatile, clean, crisp, premium menswear basics. We love them. We love them. Go to ruleofthreads.com. Use promo code OOPS. Oops. That'll get you 15%, 15% off. off your order. Get a ton of stuff for fall, guys. Best stuff you can wear. RuleThreads.com, promo code OOPS. Yeah. I know what's up with the... Th- but but so back to so now, when is it happening? Well, ho- hold on Sorry. a second. When, yeah, you, when, you, when you drove beyond, when you finally were released, where did you go after that? To our hotel in Mazar Sharif. And that was another two hours from that spot? Yeah. What time did you get in? 11.30. Okay. And we had left to go to breakfast at 8 a.m. So you finally arrive, you check in, and then how long you were in Mazar Sharif for a day? So... When they said tomorrow, they meant the other day, the next day after. So we were in Marzar Sharif for the day. Um, we did some sightseeing, walked around the town, uh, met people randomly. People are super friendly. Uh, and then had dinner. Again, that's when we're at this like imitation KFC and the fucking guy starts asking us questions again. At this point, I am like very over Taliban interaction. I'm like, I do not want to talk to any more Taliban people. But you can't not. Nope, can't not. So... And then, you know, and, and while we're there, bro, there's like terrorism happening in the country, too. So, like, you know, ISIS around, you know, causing trouble. So there's bombings happening of outside of the Russian embassy. Like, there, it's the most, like, terrorismed place on Earth, fourfold. Because I was trying to, like, make some sort of statistical comparison to, like, strengthen my argument about going. And I wasn't able to find anything compelling. <laughs> There's because no place where terrorism is more active right now than yeah. Afghanistan. For a, for a fairly extended period of time, where there's like 800 suicide bombings a year. Now, granted, the odds of you finding yourself in one of those situations are still extremely low. You know what I mean? You're way more likely to die in a fucking car accident there. Which, again, high, like that's not a good thing. You know, there's people are crazy fucking drivers. You can pass whenever people are making two lane roads into three lane roads. Uh, you know, what, so, what, what is the life expectancy in Afghanistan? I think I actually looked this up. I think for a man, it's like higher than you would think. I think it's like 50 something or 60 or something. I, mean, I might become, I might have made that up. It's not great, but yeah. it's not like different than like much, much of the third world. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, okay. So at this point we were supposed to go to back to Kabul. Uh, for the last another, couple of days, twelve-hour drive back. It, no, it was a little bit shorter, but um, an intense drive. And I decide, let's pivot. It was so chill. We went to the school in 
so this is where the school thing all happened. I know I teased this last episode. So we go to, so Ping Pong Brian is like, dude. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's there. <laughs> <laughs> he brought his paddle. Ping Pong Brian's like, wow, that's such a nice thing you're doing. <laughs> he brought his paddle. <laughs> <laughs> Ping pong Brian dude is like hey man if I gave you some cash he's like I know that they're going through a financial crisis right now especially then it was sort of the height of it it was before the US released some of the funds like which happened like a week later mm-hmm. he's like if you can bring some cash to give out to people uh, I'd, give, I'd be willing to give you some cash so I was like that's really nice man yeah I'll take it and then I'm kind of like once I'm there it was challenging to figure out how to allocate the money because you can't just start giving random people money or everybody sees that you're giving people money which you know, does that make you a target? I don't know. But it certainly makes you a target for a ton of people coming up to you and wanting money. Right. And you can't give it to everybody. So how do you figure out a way to do it? So I'm thinking, I'm like, as I'm going along, I'm figuring out little ways to give people money that we encounter. We go to this school. And this school is being run out of a cave. The cave is less significant than it sounds because this woman happens to just live in the cave next door. People live in caves there. Mm. As well as, bro, they live in like medieval structures where you're like, ooh, what's that? They're like, oh, that's like people's homes. I'm like, currently? They're like, yeah, people live in there now. It's like some 15th It's a thing that would be like, come visit the castle. It's just like, oh, no, that's just some guy's home. We don't know. Are Are they built into the rock or something? Yeah. So they're built in the rock. There's some freestanding ones that look like fortresses. And there's a ton of solar panels. Because the grid doesn't go everywhere. Right. So people are like, have found all these like ways to power their shit. Cool. So there's solar panels everywhere. There's a lot of like water power. It's interesting. So we go into this cave where this woman isn't getting paid and she teaches kids in the community, girls and boys. Um, and we go in and they have this lesson prepared for us and I'm sort of giving the lesson. They're laughing at my pronunciation of Farsi and stuff. And the kids are getting up and speaking English and it's like, this is such a nice thing. I'm like, what a nice thing, dude. They speak Farsi in Afghanistan? They, Pashto is the number one language, I believe, but then like Dari, which is basically Farsi. Okay. It's like an Afghanistan version of, but yeah, and then people speak Tajik, Uzbek, like it's super diverse with all that shit. Cool. Um, so I'm like, wow, that's really nice. This is a good place to donate the money. So we donate some money. Then I show Brian pictures and he's like, dude, I know people are going to want to get involved in this. Can you take more money? And I'm like, well, theoretically, yes. Like I have some like panic funds should I need them, but I could allocate that. So if you want to send me money, I can use that. And I have some of my own money I'm going to give to charity too. So then I give more money to the school. And then I'm like, huh. I start asking the guy. I'm like, what's the deal with school around here? He's like, you know, families sort of don't prioritize it always. And the kids are definitely underserved. They had this program to kind of get the beggar kids, blah, 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 blah. So at some point, I'm like, you know what, dude? Why don't we start? Why don't we, like, how much is a, a teacher's salary? He tells me. It's like a pretty low amount. He's like, I was like, do you know any teachers? He's like, I know tons of teachers, actually. Um, and none of them have work right now. So I was like, so in theory, we could pay teachers and start a school where they could, like, teach out of their houses or something. I don't know. We have to figure out how that's going to work. But could we do that? He's like, dude, 100%. And I was like, huh. So once I also love I just love thinking that this guide from Afghanistan is like, dude, a hundred percent. He did not He's say just that. Julio over yeah. there. <laughs> like no, that's he, how good his English is. He what he actually would have said in that situation is sure, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Sure, why not? I'm like, okay. So <laughs> so I'm like, all right, dude, let's do that. I was like, let's pivot, let's not go back to Let's go back to and figure out this fucking school. This will be sick. So we go back to and bro, 
we have this meeting, bro, with all the tribal people of this town, mm-hmm. of all the, the the thinkers of the town. Yeah, I want women to be involved in this conversation, uh, but it's just sort of like not like that for some. You can't reason. you? Yeah, you can't imprint that on them. Hundred percent. And on short notice, there's no way to do this. So we did have this. We ended up hiring a female teacher, but. Um, we had one there too who like was too shy to sit in the circle with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's like overhearing and suggesting things. So we come up with this big plan and now we have a school. They've the, the existing school building. We're teaching out of that. We, they are teaching out of that. So they're sharing it with the existing school. They're just doing different shifts in the day. They're about to destroy that school to build a bigger one, oh. but they're going to, everyone's going to teach out of their homes. So we figured it out. So we're doing, we have literacy, English, mathematics science and history are the courses being taught depending on the age the classes can be co-ed or not and now housewives are taking the classes too so and i have pictures i'll show you it's pretty fucking cool so we're now teaching like a hundred people and it's funded for four months my plan is once i roll out my video series to raise more money which i already it's not, it's not as much money as you think to fund it for f- remaining eight months of the year plus build a library for the town um, which is what we're doing. So I have, I, I been getting progress reports, updates. It's pretty fucking cool. And at the end of this meal, bro, I didn't need this, of course, but they like honored me. They gave me this like tribal elder outfit and like everybody, we had meals all day, three different meals together. It was so cool. And it was nice to like go and do something nice instead of just being like, oh, I came to Afghanistan. It was sick. And then just leave. It felt nice to be able to, I'm not like virtual signaling, but it's just like, you know, as a decent thing to do. As a person who can help, you might as well help. Like I'm like, oh, I can actually make an impact. I might as well. I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm so astonished by what you've just told me. You know how many episodes I would have taken <laughs> to tell all the stories you just told? Buddy, I went golfing uh, first time since the wedding. Yeah, how I was, was it? I was absolutely horrific. Really? It was disorienting. What is your like threshold for how much you need to be playing to maintain your level? Unfortunately, it's probably like twice a week. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me think that playing golf is just not a viable life it's just- <laughs> pursuit. It's just too time intensive. I don't have that much time. I, I, dude, it's well, I can't do that. It's only as soon as we have kids, it's like at best once. You're impressive with how much you get in. Well, I try. I mean, now it's you know less and less, but... Um, it's really frustrating when you, when you, a month and a half ago, I was playing at the peak of my form and, yeah. and now it's just like, I have to relearn the game. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I did wear, because it's fall golf now. Mm-hmm. So I got to wear my bird dogs pants Wow, dude! with the built in underwear liner, Phenomenal. tucking the golf shirt into the built in underwear liner in the pant. And just feeling super snug That's with a golf sick, belt dude. on. Buddy, I cannot describe to you how great these pants are. They are the pant of They're fall. So they are the pant for fall golf, for walking around, walking to work. You look good. You look sleek. Sort of like a business casual pant, but also one that you can use for just chilling, riding bikes, whatever. Yeah, nobody has any idea that you got that silk underwear liner on. That That's you're, it. That you are... Going commando, right? Effectively, right. Um, we love it. Uh, Bird Dogs makes awesome pants, awesome joggers, awesome shorts. Um, so go to birddogs.com. Use promo code Oopsie O O P S I E. That'll get you something. 
I'll tell you what it'll get you. Really nice pair of pants. Something on top with that. A little prize, a little gift. We don't know what it is. It's always changing, but that's part of the fun. Go to birddogs.com. Promo code oopsie. Enjoy your bird dogs. They don't know that you did this. Nobody, nobody knows. Are they keeping a secret? No, that you did no, this? it's not. It's not a secret. And bro, the Taliban lets you do shit like this. Now, granted, you're not supposed to be in school above a certain age. It's it's every time I ask the question if it's okay, I get a different answer. So I'm just kind of like, okay, if you're a woman and you want to work, you can work. You just can't travel between provinces to work. So that's one thing. I do think that the school thing above X Y Z age is enforced. But then they tell me that we have housewives in the class, and I have pictures of them in class. Completely covered up in class. And I'm just kind of like, okay, I don't understand. But not everybody's all covered up. Sorry, that was clarifying before you asked no, I, um, So, okay, wait a second. You started a school in Afghanistan. Yeah. Now, <laughs> is there any part of you that worries you might have brought unnecessary trouble on people by doing that? Like, have you put people at risk? Given the fact that it's a good question. they are so against, or at least this is my perception, yeah. that they're against the education of women, girls, all of that. So there are some minority marginalized groups being taught at the school. In theory, all these things are potentially problematic. Like they don't want this group that they view as being different learning shit necessarily like they don't want them being strong mobilizing whatever all Mm -hmm. these all these ideas are true however we have been we've like checked like so thoroughly at every single step being like is this somehow putting anybody in danger is this some and they're like not at all there's already a school there we're just expanding this the system basically right um and we're not breaking any rules so when i put the video out i will probably try to hide the location of, I probably will just try to be ambiguous and I don't think that anybody is at risk per, per se. Um, and then even with the Taliban story that I told you, I was like, can I tell that story in the video? He's like, no, that'll just fuck my shit up. Cause then when I try to go through that checkpoint that I go through all the time, they'll give me a hard time. But he's like, but if you make it a cartoon, it's fine. And huh. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> he's like, yeah, because then like there's different characters, like they like won't get it and you're good. And there's also sort of, and I know they're cracking down, <laughs> but there's freedom of the press there. Like people make fun of the Taliban on Facebook and shit. So like, hmm. I, I just don't understand it. At, along the process, I'm going to be double checking with them along the way. Um, but, you know, if I continue to double check and it continues to be deemed that there's no risks and I use common sense, I, I'm not going to be worried about putting it out. Wow. Um, um, okay. So you are funding this young school how confident are you that the money that's being sent for it will not be just misappropriated or taken for other shit good question okay so we have a system in place so there's a principal a superintendent and then there's the guy above that who's like this village elder guy so there was a discussion about who was going to handle the money and it was decided that the like tribal wise whatever guy who's like super duper trustworthy whatever is going to be the one handling it. That may not be the most efficient system, but I felt pretty good about it leaving. And I've been getting, and unless they're doing these like massive stagings of classes being taught with the teachers that we specifically hired, there's I'm pretty confident that like they're making real progress. And I'm checking all that stuff: timestamps, dates, who's in the pictures, right. Wow. Yeah. 
how can Oops the Podcast listeners donate to this awesome thing you've started? Cool. Um, good question. So basically, um, once the video comes out, I think I will start up some sort of uh, GoFundMe or some sort of official entity. Also, so I'm not just Western unioning money to Afghanistan without any paper trail or explanation. Yeah. <laughs> just because that's probably not a good look for me. <clears throat> um, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's how. And I'm hoping that the video coming out will be right in line with when the funding is starting to come to an end. Mm-hmm. Um and this guy who who we have running it is just really an enlightened individual. He's like the most important thing that money can go toward is trying to make the next generation a generation that can bring change to our country. He's like we've gone we've suffered for too long. And even last week I checked in with them because they bombed a giant school in Kabul. Like like you know there's risks with living in Afghanistan. Period. So sorry I didn't answer the question directly. I will be very clear about when all this stuff comes. Okay. Out. Cool. You can contribute. Keep an eye on Julio. Update. We'll update on the pod too. I'm sure. Um, I have a couple of fun things to add to. Please. You have no. Questions. No. I don't. I mean, I have so many questions, but I think you keep talking. Okay. That'll chip away. A couple of funny things. So first of all, Afghanistan is super traditional. Taliban or no Taliban. Your first marriage is arranged for you, no matter what. Guy, girl, doesn't matter. Your marriage is arranged. That's how it works there. People go to bed like when the sun goes down, basically, and wake up at this like early call to prayer. I've been to a lot of Muslim countries. This shit goes off at like 4 a.m., bro. Wow. And everybody wakes up then. So it's like old-fashioned. Um, <clears throat> you get to pick your second wife, but you have to have enough money to afford another house because your, your wives obviously can't live together because they have no say. The wives have no say in that. That's like that there, Taliban or no Taliban. So that's an interesting thing to remember. When thinking about Afghanistan, maybe that's not like that for everywhere. Maybe like there's people who that was, I know that there was this like whole class of women who were like, who were, had all these jobs and were learning. And like that has been sort of cut short because of the Taliban and like every, the world's upset about it. I'm upset about it too, obviously. But so that's just an interesting thing about it. So to the point where people would meet me and be like, dude, I went to this like weird volleyball league where it's like Taliban guys playing and like mixed with other people and they're just playing there's guys sitting watching the game with a machine gun around their back sitting on the floor hilarious some guy sit next to me he goes how he goes, you are you married and i'm like no no i have a girlfriend and he goes <laughs> girlfriend girlfriend there's no such thing as a girlfriend in Afghanistan. <laughs> it is illegal basically nobody has a girlfriend in Afghanistan. So hearing that I have a girlfriend is the funniest thing anyone's ever heard in their life. Then he sees me. I have this lighter with me. I think Peter Fowler left it in my apartment, dude. It's like one of these like raw, you know, those like cylindrical raw lighters that say raw that like 16 year olds have. Yeah. Like Peter Fowler obviously has that lighter, leaves it in my apartment. I end up with it in Afghanistan. This older guy's like, that lighter is beautiful. (laughs) And I'm like, you want it? And he's like, he takes it and he's like. So now there's just this like 60 year old guy walking around Afghanistan with a raw lighter, dude. Like <laughs> fucking hilarious. Um, and Wait, then, can I ask a question yeah, about yeah, the girlfriend sorry. thing? Yeah. So, I mean, do young people and teenagers hang out? Yeah, but they just are like mad innocent, dude. It's are weird. they are they co-ed hanging out? Uh not r- I, I can't really comment on that with certainty 
Um, yes and no. But like if you're in the park, chances are if you're like doing stuff, if you're like playing sports now, like women are not playing sports. So when mm. we're at the local thing where they're playing soccer, they're playing volleyball, women aren't allowed in that area. Yeah. And even in a chill part of the country, still the case. I'm playing cricket with these guys, okay? And then they're like, oh, you are very good, Julian. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you, thank you. And I went, ah, you know. And I literally did that and like did the hand motion. Ah, you know. And the guy goes, <laughs> Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, he, he liked He'd it? He'd never seen that and thought that that was like... <laughs> he thought that was sick, dude. He was like, oh, that was sick. Ah, uh, you know. <laughs> and then he holds my hand and I'm holding this man's hand now and he's walking me to meet his friends. Like, so it's weird. They're all like, it's like innocent. So like once you're done with school, you then ev- you have to wear the traditional shit. Everybody wears the traditional shit. Unless you're at work. If you're in work, you can wear normal clothes, quote normal western clothes because it's your uniform. What is what is traditional shit? What so, is that? What is the outfit? It's a long like dress like and if you guys want to see what this is like, one of my most recent hard posts is me doing like a carousel all my fits. Um so it's like a dress like long thing and then these like know. really baggy pants and a little hat basically. And bro, it's the most comfortable shit you've ever worn in your fucking life. Yeah, so it was nice. It was nice to wear really comfortable clothes. Um, that is cool. Yeah, super chill, buddy. I, I will say that you know, with us having our wedding and then going away for two weeks and then starting the new job, I was dealing with a lot of stress. I, I mm-hmm. really was. Totally. I will say that like the uh, August and September was a a high stress point in my life over the last probably couple of years. Mm-hmm. And honestly, through through using better help, I found that I was able to have a much better perspective because the uh, therapist that I work with through better help has been unbelievably great. Amazing, dude. That's yeah. sick. Yeah, I mean, dude, honestly, if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, not that expensive, entirely online. And you get matched up with a therapist after filling out a pretty brief survey. And you can switch therapists anytime. So if you're afraid that like, you're not like stuck with a therapist. You know I mean? You can easily handle that. Go to betterhelp.com slash oops today and get 10% off of your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash oops, 10% off. Um, one more funny thing. So of this like delegation of these guys who met, yeah, those are the... That's the traditional fit right there? Yeah. If you scroll, there's like a... I bought a bunch of different ones. Did you bring any of these home? All of them, bro. And I've been wearing them around the apartment and Hill Dog will come home and I'm playing Zelda wearing my traditional Afghan <laughs> shit. It's hard as fuck, dude. <laughs> oh, she my. goes, oh, the little man from Afghanistan. How, how much were these? Five bucks. Dude, it's the cheapest place I've ever been in my life. <laughs> You can eat at the be- a pack of cigarettes in Afghanistan is ten cents. If you you can go to the nicest restaurant and feed five people and it's ten dollars total, even if you and you tip, which nobody tips. Oh my god, dude! Dude, it is the cheapest place I've ever been by far, no close second. Well, I guess that makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, this yeah. is the best fit right that there. That shit's hard, right? Which one? Super hard. With the, his uh, uh, green yeah. vest, I think yeah. Chris commented that was his favorite. I think Francis liked it. Yeah. I just loved your poses. You know, you were posing like Travis Scott. I was posing like Travis. You like the ones where he's looking away, looking but you down don't at like the those, Francis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. One's my, that one's my favorite. This one here. That one's that shit's cool. top. This one has this room is an air conditioner. Oh, yeah, the the rooms had air conditioners. A couple of the rooms did not have proper toilets. They had squatty potties, mm. which is like damn. And then like the next two rooms had real toilets, which I was like, thank fucking god. Um, was one it? of those fits 
pizza was handmade, bro. It took somebody like three months to make it, and it was five dollars. Which one? This one. That one was handmade. This one's sick. This hot the brown one. Yeah. Picture four oh, on that slide if you're looking. Handmade. That, yeah. that one's a pretty hard fit. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. So a couple of things. So when I'm leaving to go back, the guy's like, New Jersey, New Jersey? And I hear New Jersey. And I'm like, New Jersey? He's like, New Jersey. That's the other thing, too. If I say New Jersey, they don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. This one guy loved me. He would shake my hand and, ho- and hold my hand with the other hand. You know this thing? <laughs> yeah. This is like of another time, this double hand. I like that. Julian, Julian. That's, like how, that's how a strict Catholic father meets the, the new boyfriend of his right. daughter for the first holding time. Holding both hands, yes. And then he pulls him in and he's like, if you don't have her back by curfew, I'll kill yeah. you. <laughs> so I'd, he'd be like, do you need anything? And I'm like, water? He goes, water? And I'd be like, water. And he goes, oh, water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I hear New Jersey being tossed around. I'm like, what's up with New Jersey? And he goes, he said his uncle lives in New Jersey. Would you be willing to bring something home to him? I'm like, well, it depends what it is. But like in theory, <laughs> potentially, yes. Yeah. And he'd be like, all right, what's your address so he can come get get it? And I'm like, no, dude, I'm like not going to always be home. I don't know how to explain this to you, but like he needs to take my phone number. <laughs> Having my address, he can't just come over. <laughs> I'm not, not going to be there. So like, just get my number. He goes, address? I'm like, no, no, dude, number. He goes, oh, okay, okay. So get the number from this guy. And I, he's like, can you bring back this food? I'm like, only if it's like vacuum packed, sealed, um, can you? Can I bring it back? And he's like, okay. He comes back with this fucking burlap sack of like hard cheese. I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Not sealed at all. Uh. It's giant. <laughs> and it smells. My entire bag is going to smell like cheese. <laughs> so I'm like, God damn it, dude. How am I going to fucking figure this out? So basically, I ended up not being able to. But he's like, half of it's for you. Half of it's for my uncle. So I'm like, all right. I'm not going to be able to bring all this back. So I leave half of it in the hotel room. I then put the rest in Ziploc bags. And then a customs they end up fucking taking it for me anyway. So I'm like. <laughs> I can't even believe you tried. I know, dude. I know. I was like, this is ridiculous. What is, more do you need to do for ass. the country? You started a school. <laughs> you don't need to bring cheese to someone's uncle in New Jersey. He's not that hungry. <laughs> the uncle hit me up. He's like, I've heard you have, I hear you have something. Oh, my God. I'm like, dude, sorry. I'm like, yeah, I met your cousin. He's really nice. But like, they took it from me. A customer. He goes, ah, that happens sometimes. No worries. I bet he thinks you liked it so much you ate all the cheese. Dude. <laughs> Probably thinks you ate it all. Dude, hopefully they understand. I don't know. But, dude, okay, on the flight back, I'm sitting next to these kids who live in Connecticut. They live in New Haven. And they're dressed normal on the flight. And the kid starts talking to me. He goes, what are you doing in Afghanistan? And I'm like, oh, I was just here visiting. He's like, oh. I was like, what were you doing? He goes, my uncle was married. I was like, oh, nice, cool. He goes, you look like a movie star. And I was like, oh, that's nice. I was like, I'm not, but hopefully someday I will be. And he's like, okay. He goes, are you married? I'm like, again with this fucking question. I'm like, this kid's 12, dude. I'm like, no, I'm not married. I, I have a girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend. He tells his brother, girlfriend. And then and I'm like, oh, God. Then, I don't know, whatever. And they so, live in fucking New Haven? Right. And we, that's foreign to him? So isn't that crazy? So, like, so no, it's not foreign to him, but he still is, like, figuring it out. Like, what am I doing now? Sure. Afghanistan? He thinks it's weird. Yeah. So, getting to Afghanistan, okay? I guess last thing, unless you have, because we're running out of time, but unless you have more questions. Um, getting to Afghanistan. Easier than you would think. You can go, there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can go to, you can do it through Dubai. 
You can do it through Pakistan. There's a couple other different places where it's kind of unclear. I think maybe you can do it through Iran, but like Americans, it's hard for Americans to go to Iran. So that's checked off. The Tajikistan land border may be open, but that kind of puts you in a part of Afghanistan that's sort of autonomous. So that doesn't really count. So if you want to like meat and potatoes, fly into Kabul, the easiest way, Dubai or Islamabad. Yeah. If you want your meat and potatoes Afghanistan (laughs) trip, folks. Listen to Julio. So you need a visa for Pakistan too. And Pakistan is a little clusterfucky. So I'm like, Dubai, even though I'm paying more for the visa, is the home run destination for sure. The visa guy will come meet you at your hotel, take your passports, put the visa in it, have it back to you same day. A few hundred bucks. Um, so it's super easy. And then their flights every single day. Cam Air is the, is the airline. It's been operating since 2003, I believe. Uh, flights every day. There's two flights. Um, and spent the day in Dubai. And then flew direct to Kabul. That's it. You went to um, uh, New York to Dubai. Then spent basically an entire day into the night there because the flight's at a shitty time. It's like a 3 a.m. flight. Yeah. So, you know, had hotel rooms the night before, unfortunately, because you have to check in early, which the visa guy told me, dude, I could have hooked you up. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, and then, so we have two rooms, do that. And then on the way back, fly, same thing, through Dubai, spend the night, fly back to America the next day. Icing on the cake. Yeah. The flight. So I arrived back from Afghanistan. I'm like, bro, I'm back. I did it. Amazing. Back in Dubai. Yeah. Let's celebrate. Sigs, Negronis, big meal for the boys. I'm safe. Let's hit it hard. I'm safe. We go to the bar in the hotel. We order a big meal. We're so happy. We're we're going back and forth. We feel great. Uh, So I'm feeling completely fine at this point. And I booked a shitty flight back because it was cheaper. And I'm like, bro, I will have just survived Afghanistan. Clearly, I'm not going to give a fuck if I have a layover. See, this is why. This is where that is a fundamental difference between you. And me. <laughs> where you think um, I've survived something horrific, therefore I'm not going to care about bad circumstances. Whereas my mentality is I've survived something horrific. I've earned better circumstances. Uh, fair, I will fair. need something to look forward to at the end of this ordeal. All, yeah, all very fair. Now, mind you also, I've spent a lot of money at this yeah, point too. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, all right, I'm not going to, I don't feel necessarily appropriate like treating myself. Whatever, I'll sweat it out. It's no big deal, like easy flight. So I wake up in the morning just not feeling right. And I'm like, oh no. Hopefully- did, you, did you have your return flight booked before you left? Yes. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah. So no, it's okay. And it's Emirates too. So yeah. separate airlines, whatever. So um, I'm... Not feeling good going to the airport. I'm like, maybe I'll be fine. I kind of start to feel a little better. Right before I get on that flight, I'm like, oh, no, dude. I do not feel good. And you guys probably all remember how much time I was spending trying to avoid food poisoning. I was taking oregano oil. I was taking fucking probiotics. I was taking everything, dude. I had Imodium. I had everything that they said could help me. I got all these vaccines. And now I'm about to board this flight. And we're stuck on the tarmac for a while. And I have to go to the bathroom. And I go to the bathroom and it's not great in there. <laughs> and I'm like, hopefully this will make hopefully this will make me feel better. And I repeated going to the bathroom between my two flights that I now had, 17 hours of flying, probably went had to go into the bathroom 30 times. To do a variety of activities, including vomiting <laughs> and even doing the flip, the vomit, flipping yourself over. <laughs> Oh my God, dude. And at one point I am shirtless laying on the floor of the bathroom of the flight, dude. I would go back to my seat and just start sobbing, bro. It was the worst 
food poisoning situation I can ever think of in my entire life. Wasn't able to sleep because I'm too nauseous the entire time. Shirtless in the bathroom of the Emirates flight. <laughs> 17 hours of flying 20-hour travel day, bro. My boy picked me up from the airport, and he said that just the volume of my voice just wasn't the same. <laughs> I, was, I was talking like this. Hey, okay, man, what's up? I was... Oh, my God. It was like man. a near-death experience, dude. It was absolutely horrible. It began and ended for the duration of the flight. The whole time? The entire time I was making panic trips to the bathroom. The entire time. What Did you sleep a second? Nope. Tried to upgrade wasn't anything available completely full flight then even i was thinking about for the for the layover i was like and i could have maybe just stayed in milan but i was like dude at this point i need to go home i need hillary i need to be my bad like and i asked that they're like the move is try to upgrade at the counter because if we upgrade you on the flight it's like twice as expensive i was like okay didn't even matter moot point because there were no seats available so i'm just sitting there bro it was terrible i, I think i think i'm getting to milan and i'm I'm not taking my connecting flight home. I considered it. I think I'm I'm going to a hotel until I feel better because even that flight is like eight eight and a half yeah. nine. Yeah, it was two eight hour flights, two oh. eight and a half hour flights, longer on the way back, obviously. And dude, yeah, the I thought about it, but then I was like, between buying another hotel and then having to just buy another fucking flight potentially, I was like, I can't take that L right now. I'm just gonna go home. Oh, you manned up in that state. And I'll tell you what, this is sad. I know I, since that has happened, I have not yet redeveloped the taste for the Negroni because it was the last thing I put in my body. Oh. <laughs> and it's real. And I, every week I've tried and it just hasn't. You can't, you can't drink them or I mean, I you don't with you. like them. I just don't like them as much. And I'm hoping that that ends because I really love that drink. <laughs> that's, that's our drink. It's our drink. And that's I don't, our drink. I don't intend to turn my back on it, man, without a fight. Julio's gonna beat his taste buds into submission (laughs) just beat the trauma out of your brain dude so wow that's it bro i think glad to have you back i i I truly yeah that deserves thank you good to be back to me is probably uh my favorite episode we've maybe ever done of oops podcast (laughs) i I mean that sincerely that was uh Truly one of the most unique listening experiences I've ever had. Um, and thank God, thank God you made it. Yeah, thank God, Jesus man. Christ. Good to be back. Intimidating trip. I know I came back here saying, Iraq, anybody can go. I stand by that. I do not feel the same way about Afghanistan. If you don't have a stomach for dealing with military people and, you know, hiccups like that, and if you don't, if you're not down for that, and some of the things I described, don't recommend it. Mm. Iraq, bring your dad, bring your grandpa. Afghanistan a little a little more intense. So wow, those are All right. amazing thoughts. Unreal. Um, really quick, guys. Uh, the shows that I had in Beverly, Mass, have been canceled. Unfortunately, uh, had a little bit of a miscommunication on that, so I Sorry will not that. be there um, October twentieth and twenty first. What's up? No, yeah. I was just going to say, Ryan. Oh, we're still getting the FWR. Oh, yeah. So I just wanted to oh, say that uh, I'm sorry that those shows are not happening. Um, and before we hear about G's upcoming shows, Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. When G was flying, <laughs> wasn't feeling too good. He was crying. He quick was crying. Question. It's Facts with Ryan. All right. Wait, wait. Quick thing. Before we even do Facts with Ryan, someone, a listener to the podcast, <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. messaged me over the weekend and said, oh, yeah. was uh, <laughs> the voice of Facts with Ryan by chance. <laughs> 
in a remote part of Massachusetts at a Whole Foods earlier today. <laughs> I overheard him in the aisle talking about olive oil or something. And I said to myself, I swear to God, that's the voice from Facts with Ryan. I then messaged Ryan. I said, were you in Whole Foods in Massachusetts? And he said, I sure was. And the guy, the guy picked it out from Facts with Ryan. Dude, somebody needs to hire that guy for something. That's <laughs> incredible. He's got the ear. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the uh, Amazon return line. But, like, I don't know who it was. But like, it doesn't speak well about how well we're paying Ryan. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. Dude, awesome. All right, I got some facts for facts. you. Facts. Ryan. So the raw lighters <laughs> that you gave to your friend, yeah. um, that type of lighter is called the clipper lighter. Ah. That's the way it, that's just the mold of it. Okay. In yeah. Afghanistan, it is totally normal for a man to hold another man's hand okay. or for a boy to hold another boy's <laughs> hand. It's an expression of friendship. Ah. Very nice. Very sweet. Average life expect uh, the average life expectancy in Afghanistan is sixty five years old. See, it's yeah, that's, that's not bad. It's not bad. It's not too far off us. Uh, the squatty potty was invented in two thousand eleven <laughs> in Utah, <laughs> and you went to the bathroom, Julio, every thirty four minutes on your flight. Back. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry about that, Ryan. <laughs> fantastic. I'm always impressed with the way you're able to get yeah. in facts. Yeah. We appreciate um, the boys. Gee, where can we find you to do what... By the way, I've heard the the, the embryonic stages of some of G's material that he's working out on the Afghanistan trip on stage, and it is truly a treat. Appreciate if you it. can see him live, I highly recommend it. Appreciate where can we find it. you? appreciate it. I'm, in, uh, why, I'm at Wise Guys, West Jordan, Utah this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I would love to see you there. And then October 20th at the Evening Muse in charlotte north carolina and april 12th in ann arbor i believe i may be going to see a game at the big house that april, will be the, april 12th sorry november 12th november 12th yeah, yeah. going Unreal. to see a game at the we were talking about that stadium if i recall and uh i've never been to either a college or professional football game fun fact about wow me. so what a great place to do Sick. it in a place with over a hundred thousand person capacity so that's it thank you guys oops the podcast thank you in a place with over a hundred thousand person capacity so that's it Thank you, guys. Oops, the podcast. Thank you.